right? No. Please do. You might hurt your hands. Hello, everyone. My hands are... Welcome to Write Contentious Writers Drinking Delicious Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around, drinking, talking about writing, publishing, and the whole creative process. There is no censorship, so consider us PG-13. We have a full coffee house today. We have John Schmidt, Chaz and Karen Brenchley, David Welsh, and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 36, Systemic Magic. As you know, uh, last week uh, we interviewed Sandra Brenchley on the topic of divination, prognostication, and other interesting ways of telling the future in the past. Mm-hmm. And this brought me up to pondering how, in the way of world building, especially for fantasy, one should contemplate how exactly magic works in one's world. How do you bring something coherent? How do you make sense of it? Is is your story wrapped around your magic system? Is your magic system a piece of your story? And if you don't really think about your magic system, what can go horribly, horribly wrong? <laughs> um, well, the answer to that is always everything. Always everything. But magic system in itself can be the basis of a story, like... Mm-hmm. I really loved um, Steve Bruce's uh, Dragera system, which actually came up from a gaming system that they invented when it was him playing with uh, Cass Marshall and John Roby and a bunch of guys out in Minnesota. And they said, here's two different kinds of magic. And they had high sorcery and they had really cool Eastern witchcraft. And Which it, Eastern? Um, Eastern for them means non-elven magic. So okay. human <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, yes, this, we are not talking East, West, Oriental, Accidental, anything else, Middle Eastern, Southern Eastern, Southeasterly, purely not the elves. Okay. And that came from a gaming system, which was neat. But then you have like Devin Monk's Ordinary Magic System, which was really, I thought, kind of revolutionary because it was the idea of magic. All magic has a cost, a price, a sympathy, and you can sign a contract to have somebody else. For instance, if I could cast magic, death magic upon somebody and have Dave suffer for it through misery and, and physical pain, you know, it could be worth something. So, Proof that it doesn't exist. Yes. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the magic systems that I particularly like and I am um, getting interested again is Catherine Kerr's uh, Dreamer. I'm pronouncing that wrong. I Dwemer, know. isn't it? Dwemer. Dwemer. Okay. Although Dwemer, I think, as she says, is Dwemer the common is tongue. Easy. Yeah. Dwemer is easy. Just say Dwemer. But anyway, her new Sword of Fire is coming out. Yeah. It's, that's come out. So um, everyone buy a copy. But I like the way that it works in that you, it's a, it's a, it's like having red hair almost. You, you have Dwemer power or you don't. Um, you must study it. It's like you know, being a. a you don't have swimmer. to study having red hair. Wow. Well, no, I was. You I was, totally do. Uh, you study brands. It's like being know? a Jedi. You have midichlorians. You <laughs> have to study, though. No, no, actually, it is more like the Jedi because you have to pra- You have to study. You have the magic ability, but to actually use it, you have to practice. It's like being a good runner or being a being a you know a Jedi master. It's a skill. You have to practice. And but if you don't have the initial ability, then the practice is in vain. Yeah, you're screwed. So I'm going to throw a different point in here. You don't need to have an understandable magic system unless the magic mm-hmm. system is specifically something fascinating. You just have to have a within-the-bounds-of-the-story-making-sense magical system. For instance, I'm going to pimp Ursula Vernon's recent books, um, 
and now my mind goes the clock black. tower no no, no. um more recent a more. very minor mage oh yeah and also the nine goblin story and in the nine goblin story mages are essentially people who are crazy they have a power and it's an insanity and there's no the story does not need to explain how anything works as long as you understand that two of the goblins to the elf veterinarian, to the characters in the story, they have an understanding of it that you can accept. Did he just say elf veterinarian? Yeah, yeah. he did. Oh, say I elf love the elf veterinarian. Yes. Ursula, genius, best character you wrote so far. It's my favorite. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I am happy not to have the inner workings of magic explained to me, so long as it is clear where the limits of magic lie. Um, magic needs boundaries. It needs things it can't do. Right. So um, you just kind of said an oxymoron to me. I don't need to have it. I don't need to know the rules as long as there are rules. So somewhere somebody has to figure out the rules, right? No, I, well, I, don't, I don't need to know how it works. No, I need to know where it can go and where it has I'm, to stop. I'm totally with him. Anything, I mean, it's not just magic. Anything that doesn't have boundaries makes for a boring story. Exactly. Because you're talking There's, about gods then. Yeah, if there is no reason why a wizard can't walk in and do... Mm. What ifs? Yeah. Well, Unless like, you have boundaries. It's like driving a car, okay? I mean, it really is. I know nothing about the inside of an engine, but I can put the key in, turn the key, and I actually don't even have keys anymore. I have a Prius. I push a button, and the car starts, and it's magic. I mean, think about it. It's magic to me. If it breaks, I can't fix it. Any sufficiently advanced technology. Exactly. So, going back to examples of this... Um, one you can you can cut magic up in so many different ways uh i just have to say that as a writer who hasn't written anything magical yet hello sorry all i need to know is what my limits are and those can develop organically in the story sometimes like a oh okay there's not thought here's a question for you is magic equivalent to a character no well maybe no. Um, no, depends on what you're writing. Magic has no independent action of its own. Um, except when it does. Except, except when, when it, it does. does. <laughs> and well, when it does, I dislike it mostly intensely. Um, there are... Long and long ago, I read David Eddings, because hello. No. Um, and, and there are prophecies that have... Um, not exactly consciousness, but sentience... Mm. Um, and, and, and I really disliked that even at the time. I once uh, had a sword, or should I say a sword once had me? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's fine. I, I, a conscious sword, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. But um, that's, that's a thing with a magical element. Um, when the magic itself is conscious, again, it's like having a god in the place. You know, I, what's going to stop it? Yeah. That's why the uh, the Q episodes of uh, yeah, Star Trek hate them. are the most boring, yes. contrived, yes. idiotic episodes. Yes, yes. If, by the way, if you're listening to this and you wrote the Q episodes, we welcome your debate on the topic. Just input, throw, input is welcome, but you're right. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm open to listening. Why you might be right. But just consider though that it's to going me, to be a very is, you guys hard are kind sell. of all going with my thing of you really do need to make decisions about it. Right. Now yes. you can make decisions as you go, but 
you sometimes have to go back and then make yeah. it consistent. Yes. And oh, it's the absolutely. consistency that yeah, matters. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. well, which, it, which can be, you know, there's... Which is the same as anything else in world building, only only there are fewer constraints to start with, so you have to do more work. To a certain extent, I, I hold that this is why there are so many freaking Dragonlance books and D&D books and all of the gaming books because the, the system... Lie exists. I don't have to decide how the system works. So I can concentrate on how the characters work and how the system might go wrong or let somebody down. I'm going to point out that I said this uh, a a couple of episodes ago. Once you've developed a world, you're invested in like using it. you've, You've done the hard work and the rest is, you know, exploiting that work so um so if you've, me if you've, why, what makes me then wonder why there aren't more ars magic of fiction books out there because well, best magic system ever but no, you're right about no. so so <laughs> dnd being the 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 starter system i mean mm-hmm. i bought the little cardboard box for you know basic mm-hmm. dnd eons With ago the low impact ice but it, but then you get so so you so you know and that hasn't really changed much they got add but it really doesn't change much what if you know, you were complaining about midichlorians and so on. If you've got a story and a world and so on that spreads over time, okay, and mm-hmm. if, or many, many books or many movies over decades, you're going to get some changes. And some are good, some are bad. Um, oh, are you going to get changes or just development? I mean, if you're contradicting what you said before... Or your new thing may be really stupid, but then you're stuck with it, you know? Uh, so, like, you know, Yeah. yeah. And, but there's a reason sometimes that I have I have abandoned, you know, oh, this is an eight-book series, and I haven't made it past book one and a half, because it's like a good magic system. It's like, oh, that's terribly clever. How interesting. I hadn't thought of that. How mm-hmm. logical. But then you have to carry it off well, because if mm-hmm. they keep changing, I'll throw the book, well. Right. I literally throw a crust. I buy everything electronically anymore, but yeah. That's that's what Kindle needs. It needs a way to throw mm-hmm. the book. Oh, that would be great. Room. Okay, out there listening <laughs> app makers, a little triple tap or three tri- three finger exactly. tap on it so that I can, th- with the sound of glass breaking yes. at the end of it, mm-hmm. and that and means take it off my machine. And an instant review at Amazon saying, I threw this electronic Exactly. Book and I especially encourage everybody to go out there and review books that they don't like Frankly, for the same reason that you should revoke, you know, review the books you do like. People review things they dislike intensely and things they like intensely. If they're in Man. the middle, yeah. then eh, yeah. nobody bothers. Besides, I love I love reading one star reviews because it's like it wasn't what I ex- expected, and therefore it's bad. It's like, well, some of them like that, yeah, and and some of them are. It arrived in a broken package. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. What's that got to do with the pronoun? Oh, Shopping. <laughs> but you had things like, you know, in the in the juxtaposition of gaming, there's been also a bunch of books written through the White Wolf gaming system. White Wolf originally started out as a horrible, horrible gaming system, but they had really good writing and good art, and that carried them past crappy game mechanics, which they had to keep revising. But then you had Nightlife, which was a brilliant, breathtakingly simple, easy, one combination of magic, you know, it's all mana series, mm-hmm. but they had, you know, their writing wasn't so good and their artwork was, you know, high school, so it never flew. I have to point out here that there's a difference between gaming and and writing a novel with regard to magic systems. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm just but there are, there are parallels, but um, there is definitely um, 
an element in gaming of uh, playability. You playability actually in gaming has to come first, and then and yeah, then well, the parsimony of the magic system can come second. Yeah, well, whereas in fiction, credibility right. is what you look yeah. at. Well, and, but you guys are you guys are all assuming novels, though. I'm even assuming short stories. Yeah, and, and writing. I'm things. not saying I'm not any saying story, anything about the form. Any story too. We're talking about magic systems that work and you, and give you things. Okay, you 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 get to do things and magical, wonderful things happens. And remember. They all have to have limits, too, and that's what I think makes the story interesting, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have a magic sword. I can run around and do magic things. Wait, what's the downside? Yeah. Okay, what is the cost? It's the cost. And that's what I think makes stories interesting is you find the magic, then you find the cost or... That was what Carol Wells was saying about, in general, making any character. As high as you make the tower is how deep you need to make the well. Carol Wolf. Wolf. Sorry, Carol. Carol Wolf. Because right. if you draw something up Superman, yeah. Superman is terribly dull as a character for yes. me. I don't want to read about his exploits. Uh, unless there's <laughs> kryptonite, which shows up fairly regularly. Yeah. yeah. Red kryptonite. But now we have to have, you know, different colors of kryptonite because, mm. the, you know, and on and on because they that was so boring they had to keep making it. <laughs> yeah. It was too powerful. Yeah. It was. Can't make a 500-point character in a 250-point game. Yeah. But... Yeah, so, I mean, there's some that I feel like you have to have that understanding or you need to develop that understanding and then you need to be able to go back and fix that understanding. Like, if I'm going to have magic, is magic the same for everyone? Is magic different Mm -hmm. for, if I have two races, is it follow the same rules for both of them? Mm -hmm. And somewhere at least you need to think about it. Maybe you don't need to decide it all up front. But sure. is the magic a god does from the same source as the magic your humans do? Mm-hmm. Well, if you have the old Greek times, all magic came from the gods, you know, sort of. Mm-hmm. But are you writing a That's Greek That's a legit myth? take did, on a did, math magic did, system. Did humans do magic at all in the Greek legends? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. There's lots of magic, biblical magic. There was drug-induced magic. There was sincere. There was... Vapors for prophecy, but yeah. um, and you're going to have to add the intersection of magic and society. Is magic legal? If it is legal, how is it policed? If it is not legal, well, how is it policed? That brings another point up, which is, um, and you can. There, this is another spectrum, right? At one end, magic isn't really that connected to your world, but but it's not that important in the story either. You can get away with just kind of sketching it out. If it's integrated into your world and you use it a lot, or it's very important, then it has to be consistent with the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you can have two systems functioning, working against each other, which are not necessarily consistent with each other. Um, and thus the world becomes the battleground between the two. Right, but that's what makes it interesting. Exactly. I read a wonderful book. I think his name is Patrick Rothfuss. Rothfuss, yes. yes. Yeah. I think I think I think that's who wrote it. But it's about the high school students who are normal, while and and their life. And in the background are all the superhero, um, the superhero high school kids. And this is, it's their world, as in, and they're like, oh, the the uh, the auditorium blew up because they were fighting off the bad guys, but we're paying no attention to it. It was a wonderful book because it looked at that section of magic, um, uh, you know, or uh, if you can consider superheroes or that kind of thing, magic, which it really is, yeah. that kind of world of magic because they were the normals 
And um, and I loved it. It was just beautifully done. Okay, I don't think that's Patrick. Rothfuss. I don't think it's Patrick. It's by the guy who um, the knife by the guy who wrote the knife of never letting go. Oh, him, him. We'll, look, we'll put it we'll in the liner notes. We'll look it up. Yeah, yeah but it's by the same same writer. But it was it's, it was a, just an amazing book. Am I allowed to say that the knife of never letting go is one of my favorite titles? Oh yeah, that is it. a really good title. It's a lovely title. I've not yet read the book, but it's on my list just because title. It's on, it's on the shelf, and I can point. How to the many shelf. people listening to this podcast or in this room are going to die someday when the two read pile next to their bed collapses upon them and crushes them? Obviously, not Jeannie. Because she'll only get lightly bruised by a Kindle, but some of us... No, but that's that's the inverse of the new app that somebody even now is writing for Genie so that she can throw books across the room. Oh, we can throw books at Genie? We can throw books at Genie. Yay. Yay. I'm for that. (laughs) No, so, I mean, this pieces of it that I really liked that Sandra had to say in terms of the way mankind used to think about magic. Because mm-hmm. once upon a time you had magic was religion, was gods, was mathematics. Well, it was... All in one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, myth. It's a way of explaining your universe when you really don't have a clue what's going on. And they, and they had interesting things as, you know, just to revisit the ideas for those of you that weren't able to make it. She said, if you want to know about your future and anything, it's you look at something about your body. If you want to look at something that's going to bring you luck, maybe you look at the earth and around you and the land. And if you wanted to look for the future, you looked and wanted to know about nature, natural events, you look to nature. And to tie in the idea of whatever kind of magic you're going to do, maybe it should have some sort of sympathetic intrinsic tie associated with it. Did you know that magic, that mathematics actually is magic? Because that's what we use to predict things all the time. That's yes. What, that's what data science is, is math being used to predict the future. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. And it, in that same way, I could say that uh, for those people who haven't read The Laundry and realized that Charlie Strauss is the prophet of our times. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Um, yes, that computational thaumaturgy is the whole basis of The Laundry Files. And, ah. And... And the elaborate, careful, I mean, Zelazny did it too in The Night of the Lonesome October. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how um, Night of the Lonesome October was told from the point of view of Jack the Ripper's dog, yeah. which alone makes it one of the greatest short stories ever written? Because at the end of it, you are so cheering for Jack the Ripper because you really hope he wins. But one of you is doing the things and collecting the, somebody has to do the desperate, desperate calculations required to find out where the event is happening. And I dare not say more lest it be ruined, but it is definitely the, Mm -hmm. for some kinds of, think of it for summoning magics, you know, the stars must align to bring back the old ones. Every kind of astronomy and the basis of it is math. And Well, (laughs) magic is a reflection of forces beyond our ken, our knowing. So (laughs) is math. (laughs) Well, to a lot of people, yeah. Well, I don't, how... We could argue math all night. We could. Math is delicious. Statistically speaking, some of us would like it, and some of us would hate it. Let's have some more wine, or sorry, coffee, and continue talking about magic systems. Red coffee is the best coffee. Uh, That needs, hey, Jasmine, that needs to be on a shirt. Red Red coffee coffee is the the best best coffee. coffee. Thank you. Yes. But... Yeah, to that end, it's the, what what is the math of everything that is done? Because... Even in the arcane systems, it's magic is energy, right? And so, 
Where is the energy come from? Is it stored? You is it don't pulling? need to know I, that. I, I, you don't I, need to know that, but it's at least good to have it figured out. Well, again, it's, probably, it's again. probable that the author ought to know it, even if they never tell the reader. Good Everybody point. who listens to this is an author, I'm sure of it. Everyone. So, <laughs> I, I, want you, I want to share something with you, just because it, one and one is always two, each alone, there's me, there's you. The mathematics of the heart adds together what's the part. The sum of being friends is done to prove that one and one means one. See, math is magic. I no, math is poetry, bit. that's all you've proved. Poetry is magic. <laughs> two plus two is five for sufficiently large values of two. My grandpa yes. taught me that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and let's not talk about irrational numbers in Greek and Egyptian philosophy cults. Hi, Pythagoras. Why did you bring that up then? Yeah. Because I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. I've Just sealed. establishing the bounds. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's yeah. important to establish your boundaries. Exactly. Well, so the, I was going to go ahead. Uh, let's talk about a couple specific books that each of us, I, I'm going to say, if you like a certain style, well, the beauty of the gaming systems is they do have the established rules and there's a lot of cultural leeway in them. Uh, but another beautiful thing is playing in someone else's universe. One of the, the glories of fan fiction is taking a left turn in Albuquerque and discovering if you have a nuclear weapon. Wait, what? <laughs> but, you know, what would happen with the priests of the white rat if a god died? Yeah. You could go someplace with that. Or... Like, let's talk uh, the ones you wrote as Ben McKellen, the light, the light ringer, words of light. I'm forgetting the title. Help me out here. Um, light um, errant. Um, dead of light and light errant. Late. Not, not as Ben McKellen, about Ben McKellen. About Ben McKellen. What? You're by Chaz Brinchley. I read it when I was drunk. So, Good Matt, Lord. your magic Red system. Fiber. I wrote it when I was drunk. That's why, it made, that's why it made so much sense to me. Mm -hmm. and, and one of them won a, a British fantasy hush. award. So anyway, tell us about... <laughs> no, don't hush. But that was a magic system. It is It is a magic system. It is It is a magic system. But I'm the... It's one of those stories where the point is that our hero doesn't work within the system. Because all his family does magic except him and they all do magic in the absence of light and he does it the other way around um <laughs> magic right. is who you are in the as, dark. as you were just saying that yes. you have it in your head as the author why yes. that is the case and why it works yes right so it's um, consistent it's totally consistent it's beautifully consistent consistency right. is the jewel on which i build mm-hmm <laughs> The beautiful way that you em emphasize that is exactly what we've been saying, is the you, the guy who wrote it, has got to know the thing. You got This is, yeah. Um, I, I have, I mean, it's that whole thing about the swans sailing serenely over the water and paddling like hell underneath. Um, and the iceberg being, this is, this is how, this is how fiction works, is that the author puts in the work that doesn't show. Right. Um, I, I I wrote a short story once for which I had to join a private library and spend two weeks researching Elizabethan printing techniques in order to write a 5,000-word short story. Um, 
it was commercially not sensible, not a sensible choice. Mm-hmm. But it made a good story, and I learned a lot. Theo <laughs> um, was a printer's devil. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and and you had to join the private library. And, and I got to join the private library, which just ate me for the next 20 years. But hey. Was there a restricted Maleficium section? You can tell us. Blink, <laughs> blink, blink twice. I, I can tell you that down in the silence room where I worked, there, at least half the books were tied shut with white ribbons. And I'm fairly sure they had been chanting. All right. So... Here's a quick one. Let's go around. John, what's your favorite magic system from a book? Oh, that's too easy for... All right. So a fiction book and a magic system within it or a commercially available role You interpret magic. the question. How Move along. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Either one. I'm, oh, I'm going to give you both. My favorite magic system as of right this second until I have some more red coffee is what Alice Rasmussen used with elegance in the labyrinth gate kate elliott for those yeah Yeah. different nom de plume but that is the same it's it's all different nom de plume yeah um if you want to buy it it's by kate (laughs) elliott no if you want to buy it it's in the notes by alice rasmussen so it's not a kate elliott yes that was the question that i asked yes no that was the assertion you made no wonderful system Based on tarot cards and Regency magic. Yes. As a magic system that drew me in and made me read stories and think about things differently, Greg Stafford created a whole world in his brain and would let you into it. Yeah. The system was called RuneQuest, but really it is Glorantha. Yeah. Next. Yep. Next. Karen. Now go to Chaz. Chaz, favorite one you ever read? Um, okay. Um, 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 um. Um, thing of me by what's name? Um, the Riddle Master of Head. Oh, uh, Patricia Phillip. McKillop? Patricia McKillop. I love... Oh, genius. The, the riddles, that whole... Um, and the great shout. A and, wise man inflexibly pursues a riddle like a miser pieces a coin rolling across the floor. <laughs> Is that a quote? I'm afraid so. That's awesome. <laughs> I couldn't have done that. But yes, no, I, mean, I, I love the Riddle Master of Head with a passion that is almost unworthy of me. Mm. No, <laughs> so it's, it's a beautiful magic system. It. Yeah. Dave? Um, I'm going to, um, well, let's see. Uh, there are um, a number of good magic systems in, in gaming, which I'm going to completely just ignore and I'm going to say that um, my favorite magic system, um, just for pure entertainment value, is the technology in Star Wars. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, Fair I'm enough. going with technology. I'm heading to technology too, which is why I paused. Well, I'm, I'm, my my thesis here is that um, well, Arthur C. Clarke aside, any any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. But at a certain point in um, in uh, cinema. Or, or in uh, fiction, um, the technology ceases to be explained and is just there. Um, you have faster-than-light ships that, you know, act like Priuses and take you wherever you need to go, <laughs> even though they be solar systems, you know, in disparate galaxies, whatever. Um, that's magic. Yeah, you, that's you like horses. 
Yeah. Horses you can just jump on and they ride from here to there. And there <laughs> right. You are. right. It's a transport system. <laughs> right. Well, and, and because what I was going to say is my favorite writer when I was early on was Andre Norton. And, and she wrote both fantasy and science fiction, but they, you couldn't necessarily tell the difference because of how she did it. it you were just kind of, you were in an Andre Norton world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. ran with it, and and she was great. I mean, I just I loved 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 her books. Mm-hmm. Mine was mine was similar, and I'm I'm torn between two. And the first one was I thought were fantasy, were the the song of Maven Many Shaped, the flight of oh. Maven Many Shaped, the search of me, Sherry, Sherry Tepper. Tepper. Mm-hmm. And then the True Games trilogy came the, after that, and then no. the trilogy of Ginny and Footseer. Other way round. I Ginny. no, yes. chronologically speaking. Oh, Maven yeah, yeah, yeah. is the mom. But, but publishingly speaking. I didn't pay for her to publish it, so I'm just telling you the order I have to read it in. Okay. Read Maven first. No. Read no, the True no, Games second. No, 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 no. True Games first. And but then you but the, because me. that's one of those that you think it's a, you think you're reading a fantasy, three fantasy trilogies, and it turns out absolutely no, they're science fiction. Mm-hmm. And she was brilliant at that. Mm-hmm. And well, the second one of straight pure magic, I was going to say, is the Amber series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like that. Yep. first yep. of all just because I want the tarot deck where I can re- look it up, pull it up it's sort of like when you think about it your phone with FaceTime mm-hmm. is the way that you used to have somebody's oh I'm going to touch the mage okay that's going to get me Karen mm-hmm. hey Karen how you doing <laughs> and if I could just touch her hand through my phone and then suddenly it's be with her good. be freaking mm-hmm. awesome yep and then you could, no. th- and then you could throw the books that they were on your phone <laughs> <laughs> through the portal. Through the portal, right. yeah, the magic and There is an entire, there is an entire subgenre of of magic that turns out to be technology, right? Yep. Alien technology yep. or ancient technology yep. that's being uncovered or mm-hmm. yep. or whatever. And I love those. I By the way, that's those. not what I'm talking about with Star Wars. It's just pure magic. Nobody <laughs> ever tries to explain it. Midichlorians. Uh, well, uh, and any, midichlorians were like somebody from... Any attempt to explain it as doomed to failure. Scientology as, funded them and as, said, hey, we have Thetans. No, as, they're midichlorians. As George Lucas proved himself. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Whose turn is it? That's it. I think that's We've it. all yeah. said our first guess. We've guesses. all spoken. Yeah. We could all send another hundred more, but I would be interested if anyone listening to this wants to point me because Chaz brought up a book I really want to reread and now Jeannie has a series that I must get my hands on. All right. Well, we will put links to all of these stories and the interesting things we talked about on our website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. <laughs> Not red coffee. <laughs> Less red coffee. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. We live for email and discussions. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the host. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Maid Milking a Cow. And our exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You'll hear more from Michael Engberg on ManyHatsMusic.com. Our podcast sponsor today seems to be Menage a Trois California Red Wine. Red coffee. Red Not coffee. for the first time. 